let's make your room for you. No. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Aaron Keith Log, Culture Life Universe Podcast. My wife's going to ask if I'll give out my government name. It's official. I got an itchy stomach. And we're here. <laughs> Yo, we're here live. This is the Culture Life Universe Podcast, where we talk about culture and life universe yes you know by government name it's official check online we here uh we talk about things that are different to us within our cultures we talk about life just something that we all go through and we talk about the universe something that universally connects us and that's what we're here today to talk about that shout out to everybody in the one viewer we love you each and every week coming out and everybody that's to come we appreciate you too ding, ding, ding. and uh yeah we're gonna keep it moving and keep it grooving and as we begin every show what we tend to do is we get into the what's going on what's happening segments these are segments these are current events things that are excuse me happening in the world around us I want to give a shout out to heineken zero the non-alcoholic beverage that quenches my thirst um it's so good oh and you don't get sloshed if you drink like six of them so it's awesome um so definitely check out that but the what's going on segment what we're going to start uh let's give a little laugh for that shout out to the laugh factory um <laughs> but anyways um so uh, this week for the culture what's going on segment it was almost impossible not to talk about the signing of Shohei Otani to the Los Angeles Dodgers so we just want to say we're happy that it's over thank you for making a decision and now everybody can go out and enjoy the rest of their lives and not have to watch Twitter Instagram Facebook see where your ass signed uh, we appreciate you brother uh, you know, but yeah, it was tough. It was tough. But uh, going to the Dodgers is not, um, it's not terrible. You know, we got respect. Uh, we got respect for them. Um, but uh, it would have been great to have this man in San Francisco. Uh, the city really needs a spark. And, uh, and I'm not talking about grass, because we got enough of that up here. But I'm talking about we need a spark in the sports arena. Warriors are dragging, but, you know, we're going to keep rooting for them. You know, y'all, y'all gonna be all right. Y'all gonna just, just be awesome. Okay, just be awesome. All right, y'all. But the Giants, they need help bad. So Farhad, you're in the hot seat. Everybody looking around like, you better make sure you sign somebody. We watching, we wait. So the signing of Shohei Otani to the Los Angeles Dodgers, seven years, seven hundred million dollars. That was the amount that that man was given more than any athlete that i know of or can um yeah think of so that was nuts um so yeah uh that's that happened in the uh culture segment what's going on if you don't know you could look on espn it's everywhere it's gonna be uh it's a thing um, so moving on to the life, uh, segment. 
so life what's going on current events um man again kind of tough to oh my wife's saying i have to lower my voice down uh let's just maybe turn the mic up some and then maybe i can talk a little softer we have a this kid's nearly 12 he's nearly three months old but he's like super little so we deal with a lot of life in this house as you may have known listening to the first five episodes of the culture life universe podcast this is episode six uh i forgot to even say what we're talking about today so we're talking about and started bounce back and forth but we're talking about all you can eat culture feng shui and time travel that's right all you can eat culture feng shui time travel but as we go to the what's going on life segment um what i was going to bring up before i didn't kind of lower my voice here try to lower my voice is you know it's almost impossible not to bring up palestine gaza the situation there um, on this show because we like to talk about culture life and the universe and it's current event this segment is for current events so this is what's going on and this is what's happening in gaza in palestine so right now um you know the war started october 7th it's past december 7th so it's been two months um, there was a short ceasefire, but you know, uh, airstrikes, battling has begun again. Now, this is from one day ago, um, as well as the signing of Shohei, but this um, is going to be an Israeli strike to use Gaza's oldest mosque. So, it is appear and it's reported, this is from NPR, um, that... Um, the Omari Mosque, um, which Gaza's most iconic landmark and oldest mosque stretching back centuries, has been largely destroyed um, in Gaza City. Now, I mean, people got to wake up and see that this has gone way too far. Women and children are being killed still. The Israeli government is destroying sacred monuments. I mean, this is like the most bizarre thing that I feel like I will say I experienced in my adult life. A state government whose identity is built off of losing a home and not having a home and going to a place and settling in a place and calling it their home after they were literally, you know, killed and slaughtered and massacred, these same people that share that history that I just described are now killing and massacring people. Man, this has gone too far. Um, and, yeah, hopefully the world will step up. Um, we'll see. But, um, you know, what we say on the show here, you know, no, there are no more attacks on Israeli-Palestinian civilians. Civilians need to be out of this conflict. This is up to the people and governments, or excuse me, soldiers and governments to handle it. So let them do that. Uh, secondly, we want the free the release of all hostages, Israeli and Palestinian. Let people go. They don't 
that need to be captured. People have families. People need to get back to the world. People need to get back to life. You know, and thirdly, um, a ceasefire and nonviolent negotiations on a UN stage. Um, you know, send a delegation, send people, and discuss what it is that you are demanding. You know, the violence, man, I mean, it's clearly not working. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's have some dignity and let's get back to you know building. How about that? Let's get back to building and let's stop destroying each other. So let's do that. So that is going to be the light. Um, uh, what's going on segment? So we want to say to uh, to the people of Palestine and Gaza and to the people of the mosque. Send our our respects, and we we send you more strength in these efforts. And for for everybody going through this conflict, uh, we send you uh, strengths um, in this because it is um, not not something that any any of us want to go through, and definitely not something anybody uh, should ever go through. So, um, you know. Let's just, uh, just let's just pray that this let's just pray that this situation, um, you know, ends ends soon. Um, so, uh, moving on, uh, what we have and what we are going to talk about next was actually uh, kind of on the show, um, not that long ago. So let's get into the next what's going on segment. I'm going to say uh, more freedom, more justice for the people of Palestine and the Middle East all over the place. All people, um, more freedom, more life. We want that. Um, Now, as we we go forward, so this is coming uh, also, uh, this is uh, from pretty recent episode. I mean, there's only five. So this was episode three. Um, this was, uh, what, are the, what are we talking about? That was, man, I might blank on that too. We talk about three topics. Uh, it was, uh, food, oh, it was, uh, food, food delivery was part of it, but international space issues. Okay, let's stick to the current events here. All right, so, It was the International Space Station. So this week on the historic day, December 10th, 1988, the space station opened for the very first time in orbit, welcoming the STS-88 crew. Um, Since then, 43 modules and elements have been installed in more than 270 individuals from over 20 countries, which we reported here on the Culture Life Universe podcast. What's good? Um, We reported this on the episode. And... More than 270 individuals from 20 countries, five international partners have visited, and they have been, um, yeah, on, on the show. Or, excuse me, on the space station. They have not been on the Culture Life Universe podcast. But if any astronauts want to be on the Culture Life Universe podcast, uh, we hope that you do eventually decide <laughs> to join us. But pretty cool, right? So in 1988, 
the space station was out there. Um, that's 25 years of exploration. That's 25 years out there in the universe um, trying to do their thing. And, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. So um, let, I'm going to go back here just so we can be on the um, on the on the right. So that was yeah. So the ep- that was episode three. Um, that is going to be Las Vegas Food Delivery International Space Station. So that's what we talked about, um, and that was recorded on November 26. Uh, so just a couple weeks ago, you can check out that episode three. Um, but yeah, International Space Station, 25 years of exploration out there. We just want to give a big shout out, a big awesome to the astronauts out there keeping us uh, known in the uh, galaxy. Thanks. Uh, we appreciate it, and we uh, yeah, appreciate your service. So that is going to wrap up the What's Going On segments. So we want to give a big shout out to Shohei. Signing that seven hundred million dollar deal. Um, we want to, you know, send more strength and more uh, love to the people in the Israeli-Palestinian community. Uh, we just want this to end, and we want to end all conflicts worldwide. And we want to give a big shout out to the uh, to the astronauts ding, ding, ding. doing the thing out there and exploring the universe. Thanks. And that is what's going on. What's going on segments. Um, you know, advertisements this week, just like last week, I don't really have any advertisements. You know, like the first, like, five episodes, um, we were kind of doing, like, shameless plugs. And I, I also gave a shout-out to a few businesses. Today, I just want to give a shout-out to Andytown Coffee here in San Francisco. Um, you guys make one great cup of coffee and also have just great environment. Um, my wife and I go to your cafes and yeah, we love what you guys are doing. So keep doing what you're doing. Andytown Coffee, right here in the sunset, uh, San Francisco, California. Um, they have the Ocean Spot place on Great America Highway. There's a few on Caravel. There's one on Lot. One on Lot had like live music. We couldn't even like go there today because the kid it was nuts. Because um, we were like, oh shit, there's these drums. This kid's gonna flip. And so we dipped and we went to the ocean spot, which was really nice. So, um, yeah, Andy Town Coffee. That is the, um, yeah, the plug for today. As we move in to the features, we call them features here on the Culture Life Universe podcast. Uh, again, my name's Luke. Per the show title, like a lot of folks may or may not know this. I don't know if I've said this on the show. Maybe I did, but it, I probably said it in the trailer. But Clue, Culture Life Universe, was a graffiti tag back in the day. And, like, you could see it here on the um, uh, little banner. But, yeah, that was my that was my tag back in uh, a decade or more. <laughs> I mean, I don't even – I can't even really remember. Um yeah, I've been signing Clue for like a long time. 
um, DJed under it for a while, LA, shout out to No Parade Mondays, um, Jump Off Sound, everybody that was involved with the Jump Off Sound, the events we were doing, um, but yeah, that's uh, where Glue comes from, it's uh, Culture Life Universe, it's what, it's what we do, it's what we embody, um, but today we're going to be talking about, in the features uh, segment, we're going to be talking about the um, all-you-can-eat culture. Where did it start? Where is it from? And, you know, where did it begin? Um, for me, it's always, like, with sushi. Sorry, check the water. Oh. Pop that room. Make sure everything's cool. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, for me, I'm like, dang, did it start with sushi? I always think sushi was all you can eat. And I started thinking, like, this is definitely a cultural thing. It had to ha- happen somewhere start somewhere I mean I think it's probably going to go back really far but I found some things which were pretty interesting and really coincides with kind of topics on this show that we've already talked about just that um, but yeah so the first feature today that we're talking about is all you can eat so all you can eat culture stuff in your face I was like this definitely has to be American thing um and yeah, it is. Uh, so, all you can eat restaurant or A Y C E is a type of restaurant is which price is charged for entry, and then basically you eat. Um, yeah, all you can eat, right? So the concept was pioneered by quote unquote Shoney's. It's an American restaurant chain. Uh, that's headquartered in Tennessee, um, and it's also all over the South. But it's said that these folks started the concept in 1947. It was later perfected by a man named David Debadpour, De- um, where he established like buffets and whatnot. Um, so, uh, or the self-service buffet. And there's also, so, I mean, looking looking into this more, too, it looks like pushing pushing back even further, this is what we do on the Culture Life Universe podcast, we bring up history and the culture. So there's a smorgasbord, right? Swedish smorgasbords are, quote-unquote, brought to the world, um, what I'm finding here through, uh, basically, uh, this is from Understanding Smorgasborgs, straight up Scandinavia. It's um, like a little book here. Uh, but basically, the Smorgasborg was in the 1939 New York World's Fair, so I think that's where, um, yeah, people kind of got the idea here in the States. Um, but, I mean, from everything that I'm picking up here, um, it really does look like, it's like, you know, it's kind of weird to be like, oh, it's an American thing. It's like, ah, I mean, where other places do you see people eating absolutely enormous, (laughs) enormous amounts of food to the point where you're like, man, maybe you should take it easy. Uh, 
But uh, going back, going more on the history. So, like, when you talk about the all-you-can-eat restaurant, then, of course, that brings in buffets. And then we actually talked about this place um, in episode three, which is nuts. So from the What's Going On segment, even now talking about the all-you-can-eat culture, buffets, right? So buffets are the, the core, the, the, the main uh, feature, right? All-you-can-eat. So the buffet... Um, has been, I guess, pointed out uh, the creation of the buffet. It was Herbert Herb Cobb McDonald, a Las Vegas publicity and entertainment manager, and he introduced the idea in 
the fact that it's tied into Las Vegas, I feel like just goes with everything that the city sort of embodies and stands for in the beginning. It's like lush, lavish, you know, more, 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 give us more, give us more. Um, so yeah. Um, that's really all I wanted to talk about with All You Can Eat Culture. I mean, this is what we do on the show. Um, we talk about things, we bring things, information, and we discuss. And yeah, so shout out to the Smorgasbords. Um, what we can find here is probably the first um, sharing of an all-you-can-eat culture here with America. So we appreciate you, the nation of Sweden. Um, thank you. And um, thank you for the good folks of the city of Las Vegas for bringing us the great buffets and shonies, shonies, dear Nashville folks. Thank you for giving us, I should block this light. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for giving us the smorgasbord, I mean the, uh, the buffet and for giving us ding, ding, ding. all you can eat culture. Thank you. And that was the culture feature for today. Pretty cool. So, moving on, moving forward, going through. We want to give a shout out, a big ups, a unbelievable... Um, I guess, like, this is advertisement. We're on advertisement here. But I gotta give an advertisement. I gotta give a plug to this thing here. And if you're, if you're listening to it, you're not watching, you're not on the live stream, which is only one viewer on the live stream, but if you were watching the live stream, you would see me holding this device. It is called a Backbone. It is arguably the number one thing I've been talking about for the past week. My wife wants me to stop talking about it, but I can't. It's absolutely miraculous. It it's this is this is the this is the game of the future. The next thing after this is mobile VR. Um, I, you heard that right now on the Culture Life Universe podcast. <laughs> We said it first. Right now, this is a mobile console hooked up to your phone. The next thing they're going to bring is virtual reality that hooks up to your phone. Remember, you heard it here first. My wife's over here. She's listening. Not really, but I'm going to show her this recording. I'm going to say, remember on December 10th? Remember? You remember? <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, Backbone, it's available at Target. It's like 99 bucks. Um, you can get the PlayStation branded ones that you can uh, play on your PlayStation, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. You can get the uh, regular one. Suits uh, Android, iPhone, and they have their own game store. It's absolutely awesome. If you're a dork or just a lover of video games, which most people are dorks, you can uh, <laughs> you can get you can get this device. I'm gonna recommend it. I'm gonna tell you, please do. So, that's uh, the advertisement. Backbone. Totally get one. 
it's great to play games. Um, so the like segment. Excuse me. Man, gotta stay on brand. I'm gonna just not do that. I'm gonna shoot down that bad non-branding. Boom. Um, so, yeah, this is the feature. And the next feature we're going to talk about today is feng shui. What is it? Where does it come from? Do you know what feng shui is? Well, let's talk a little bit about feng shui. So, feng shui. Feng shui. No, I'm just kidding. Feng shui. Um, sometimes called Chinese. Uh, and I'm going to slaughter this word. I swear to God, I tried to apologize for reading. Geomancy? I don't even know if that's how you say it. Geo, geomancy. But I'm just going to keep going. Um, is an ancient Chinese tradition practice which claims to use energy forces to harma, harmonize. Harmonize. I can see. I Look. I can do it. I swear. Uh, harmonize individuals with their surrounding environment. Um. The term feng shui means literally wind, water, fluid. Um, and I've always, always, always found it fascinating, mostly just the word. And I swear I'm a cultured person, but I always thought it was French for some reason. And that really makes no sense to me now. I don't know why as a kid I thought feng shui was French, but I, or French. But I eventually found out as I got older in college, college, <laughs> uh, the, what feng shui was, uh, you know, uh, look, I'm born and I'm not even going to get into it, but I basically found out as I got older as a teenager what feng shui was, um, and just a really, really great concept, something I think that folks, um, and something I really wanted to touch on the show and talk about, folks should really you know, I, I think practice, and I don't, and I don't, I'm not saying like, oh, like, go find, go find a book in the library and feng shui, or, or go, you know, go look into all Chinese cultures and cop, and cop Chinese cultures and, and, uh, you know, be a vulture like that. No, I'm not saying that. Um, but what I am saying is, just going off of the basic definition is using energy forces to harmonize individuals with their surrounding environment. So, like, there's so much to be said about the space that we dwell in, the spaces that we go to, and everything that we flow through, right, on a daily basis in life. I mean, it's this is the, this is the truth. So, when, when we're in... When you're going through a shift in energy, when you're going through a major milestone in life, um, having a baby, uh, getting getting married, uh, going to college, you know, uh, ha- having your having your first ever breakup, you know, something like that, um, you want to be able to have the appropriate energy around you to help you navigate uh, that obstacle in life. And 
it's something that I think over time I got better at, um, and something that I realized because not all the time are the energies around you good, even though they may make you feel good. So that's like a huge thing too, um, is like understanding the energies. Um, but you know, there's gonna need you're gonna need that feeling around you um, to help guide you through right uh, tough or or even um, even great um, positive situations. You know, I feel like it's always great to to give thanks and, and be a little humble and, and to and to be able to reflect on a positive situation in a good way. Um, but let's let's touch a little bit back on, on the history of feng shui here. Um, historically, um, in uh, many, it says in many parts of the China, Chinese um, Chinese culture, um, feng shui was used to orient orient buildings and spiritually significant structures such as tombs, as well as dwellings or other structures. Oh wow! Hey, and actually, man, there's so many different. Um, Wow. So feng shui, and I mean, I'm looking through here, and well, it's just it's interesting because there's so many different uh, transcriptions for the name feng shui, um, and I would say look it up. I'm not even going to try to go through all these because there's quite a bit, but I mean, in so many different like cultures. Um, uh, Roman, uh, Filipino, Vietnamese, Thai, Korean, um, just really, really interesting. But anyway, so originally, historically, it was used for you know sacred burials. Um, I guess. Is compartment the right word? Compartment? Um, <laughs> sacred burial tombs, not compartments, tombs, um, as, well, as well as dwellings and structures. So I'm guessing like cemeteries or a, a memorial park, right? Um, so, and this is so true. And I think this is why I thought it was a French thing um, growing up here in the States. So, there are scholars that write that feng shui here in America um, has been reduced to interior design for health, health and wealth, which is such a capitalistic like mindset. What? And it's like it's I have to like touch on that. So it's so interesting and. And also, I don't even know if this is really going to connect, but it's so funny how in America, what we do, um, sorry, this phone's too close to speaker. In America, what we do a lot of times is like we just take, like, we take the, the good energy part of stuff, and then we, like, Flip it into some sort of bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, money grubbing 
capitalistic shit. Like, for instance, like at the end of a, a traditional Chinese dinner, it's, you know, staying on the cultural topic here in Chinese, on a cultural Chinese dinner, at the end of the meal, I believe you get fruit. Um, orange, apple, like, you get fruit. You know, but here in America, we get fortune cookies. Because it's like, you know, but it's like fruit is like good. Like, that's a good thing. It's like a, it's a good fortune. You're fruitful. Like, you're, you're nourishing. Like, it's, it's delicious. It's sweet. It's like actually like a healthy thing, right? But what do we do in America? We like put a fucking, <laughs> put a fucking piece of paper in there <laughs> with, with some, with some, with some genie, some genie wish <laughs> talking about, yeah, you go to, follow your heart you live your dreams or something it's like bro we already knew that so anyways i just think that's funny and then here you go with this feng shui you know originally for tombs and sacred sacred dwellings i mean imagine you know but now it's used for an, oh i'm gonna i'm gonna use this gucci couch over here and i'm gonna put the gucci couch on these gucci flip-flops and then after i'm done with that i'm gonna bathe myself in the waters of Lake Maritonka. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. But, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's just wild, like, you know, that pe- that we changed it for that. So, um, yeah, anyways, I just think that's kind of interesting. Um, but moving on. Uh, so it's very visible now that, especially in, like, Western cultures, so you know, like people will bring in like a interior designer, uh, that you know focuses on feng shui and like shifting energies, and they'll come into your home. You know, these people charge like twenty five hundred dollars an hour. I just made that number up. Don't quote me on that, but you know, probably like twenty five hundred dollars an hour because they nuts, and they um they come in to rearrange people's stuff. You know, whereas back in the day. You know, traditionally, um, you know, you would have, you know, a, man, like, you would, I don't want to say, a, uh, it's not necessarily a, it, it's not a monk, but it's like, it's a, it's a spiritual, uh, consultant you'd have somebody like that come in um to provide you with uh with that um but you know you would you would be able to have this you know spiritual uh consultant um be able to identify specific chi's um within your within your environment uh be able to uh, you know, take a look at your, uh, where your family, you know, your family arrangements are, uh, burial-wise, um, you know, where that is in, in location to your, uh, to your living dwellings. Um, you know, this is ancient times, but even, even in, uh, in rural, in rural times, right? In modern day, in rural times, in rural areas in modern, in, uh, modern times, um, you know that that can be important too. So it was it was more of a connection with spiritualness, um, with that aspect of life, and not really pushing towards um, like what we what I brought up 
that's mostly viewed in American culture, which is changing your furniture and interior design so that you can somehow get that idea for the next Twitter, or excuse me, the next X, which sounds terrible. Um, man, I can't wait to get the new idea for the next X. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> that sounds terrible. It sounds like you're trying to make a drug. Um, but feng shui, I think what I want to say, my message, you know, is maybe finding a solid middle ground between the traditional um, origins of this idea and this way of life and the modernized Western American uh, version, I would say let's all focus on the, the folks around us, right, the people around us, um, the articles of technology, um, non-alcoholic, you know, like those things, like the elements we bring in our body. Um, let's let's think about that. Uh, and I'm always going to say in life, um, having a spiritual connection with something positive, um, that is good. I feel feng shui. I'm not a I'm not a feng shuiist. I'm, I'm not a seeker. I'm not a, a seeker. It's Harry Potter. Uh, I'm not a. a not a spiritual advisor or anything like that, but I think, you know, putting that little bit into practice uh, can truly uh, be, you know, a good uh, exemplament, uh, exempt, you can exemplify feng shui if you, if you do that. Uh, so yeah, that is the feng shui life feature for uh, the podcast for today. I like that one. Feng Shui. Make sure you do a little fluid wind water organizing in your life. Uh, so that was the uh, Feng Shui life feature. Um, do we have any? Do we have a third advertisement for today? Hmm. Let's see. No. No, no third advertisement. Uh, go to Andytown Coffee um, and buy a PlayStation or <laughs> buy a backbone for Target. That's the only advertisement we got. Um, because, you know, this is the show. And um, we're not going to go in the past and change anything. We're not going to go in the future and change anything unless we find that it's going to make the show more successful. Um, but, you know, we're not time travelers, although we do. And we'll talk about the time traveling next, <laughs> because that is the next feature on the show. Time travel. Has it been done? We probably wouldn't know. Um, would you do it if you could? That's a good question. Um, and that is what brings us to the universe um, feature on the show, time travel. So, time travel. What can say besides that if it exists we probably don't know and if 
anyone has ever successfully done it, it would arguably explain how Donald Trump became president of the United States of America. They made that happen. It was impossible. And Hillary Clinton won. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. It, 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 all, it all, honestly, I just find it absolutely fascinating, time travel. So many movies, books, popular culture are based off of this one universal topic that literally um, has not been explained. So I thought, man, for this, uh, for this, you know, feature of the show, for the time travel feature, I, you know, you can't really, you know, oh, what am I going to explain the history of time, tra- <laughs> the history of time travel? Yeah. So Stewie and Brian from Family Guy got in the time capsule. No, I mean, so I was like, man, how do I research for this this feature, this segment, staying on brand? Uh, how do I, um, how do I, you know, research for this feature? And I said, I'm gonna look at <laughs> what are the attempts, <laughs> what are the attempts at time travel, and I literally found a BuzzFeed article from. Um, this was earlier this year. Oh no! Oh my God! This is from this is from like ten years ago. Um, so there, there may be a more recent one, but there was like ten attempts, which is nuts. So we're gonna get into these. But um, so time traveling, ten attempts. Um, the first one, the chrono visor. So the first one, in the in the 1960s, an Italian monk named Pellegrino Arnetti claimed that he built a machine that collects residual light energy to view elements from across time. Allegedly, Manhattan Project scientists Enrico Fermi and Werner von Braun collaborated, collaborated on the project. Later in life, Arnetti confessed that the chronovisor, <laughs> chronovisor never existed. However, some believe that it's a cover-up and that the chronovisor is locked away in the vaults of the Vatican. Oh, my movie. Somebody get on that immediately. That is nuts. Pellegrino Arnetti, number one. Okay. So, this is nuts. Um, and it doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to read it out loud. Barack Obama, <laughs> Martian chrononauts, chrononauts. Andrew D. Bisaga, a lawyer of the state of Washington, and William Stillings claimed that they were part of a secret government program called Project Pegasus. According to them, the project run by DARPA sent time travelers called chrononauts to Mars. They also claimed that one of their fellow chrononauts was a man named Barry Sotero, better known to the rest of us as Barack O. Obama, my God. This is awesome. Um, Number three. (laughs) Iran's unregistered time machine. Look, forget weapons of mass destruction. Do these, do these, do they have a time machine? Ali Raziki, Raziki, excuse me if I didn't pronounce your name right, doctor. Uh, the self-proclaimed managing director of Rod Center for Strategic, Strategic Invention says he invented a time machine using complex algorithms 
off Google. <laughs> no, I was kidding. He <laughs> used complex algorithms off of OpenAI software founded by Sam Fettelman or whatever that fool's name is. <laughs> But it's like how it says, it says in the article, quotes, complex algorithm. <laughs> Anyways, Iran's deputy minister inside, hey, don't fatwa me. Okay? Y'all don't fatwa me. I've seen Larry David go through a fatwa. I ain't being fatwa. Iran's deputy minister of science, research, and technology says no machine exists. Because such a claim has not been registered in Iran's state organization. <laughs> what a what a freaking totalitarian answer. No, this this fool did not invent a time machine. You know how I know? Because he didn't register it with the state. Get the get the fuck out of here. Anyway, so that's the third attempt. You know, if they got one, hopefully they don't go back and I don't know. Trick President Bush into something. I don't know. Anyways. Uh <laughs> Tip number four. <laughs> Moving on. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, John Titor and the Second American Civil War. Dear God, on ju- on so this is on July 29, nineteen ninety eight. Radio host Art Bell says he received two faxes from a man named John Titor, T I T O R T O R, an alleged time traveler from the year twenty. 36, Titor claims he served in the Second American War, American Civil War, as a member of the Fighting Diamondbacks in 2013, which I'm not even going to click on this article because it seems a little nuts, but yeah, so that seems like somebody was smoking a lot of weed and decided to fax a random fax number. Because I don't even think you can trace a fax. <laughs> like, what is it? I mean, you probably could, but this fool clearly did it. Art Bell, <laughs> fucking radio host. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, get, get, you star 69 that fax. But, um, so, yeah, there was no civil war in 2013, which brings up the whole part of time traveling. Hello. If you never watched The Avengers, Endgame, or any other time-traveling movie in your life, back to the mother-loving future, hello, McFly, if you take a fly and you kill it in this time, in the past, you will affect all the, hello, you will affect everything else. So, if this guy got the facts in 1998, from someone in 2036 talking about they fought in the second American Civil War that means Donald Trump became president in 2012 not 2016 <laughs> <laughs> but anyways I don't know that, I, that, that's pretty far-fetched but pretty nuts um, I'm going with number one I believe Von Braun or Donald freaking that guy was look that guy worked on a time travel him and Tesla alright number five the Chrononauts of Baltimore. They ain't no Chrononauts of Baltimore. There's crack. Oh, that was... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, I watched too much wine. Anyways, uh, Baltimore, great city. Been there once. Great city. Anyways, um, 
Number five, Chrononauts of Baltimore. One of the latest scientific attempts at the contacting time travelers happened in 1982 when all the planets in the moon were aligned on the same side of the sun. But hundreds of Baltimore residents calling themselves Chrononauts tried to contact visitors from the futures. That's right, futures plural. Their methods mainly consisted of drinking, dancing, and taking off their clothes. Wow. Like I said, only crap. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's no crap. In the nice part. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so here's some not so crazy. I guess these first section, these were called the crazy attempts. These are the not so crazy ones. So this is a 2005 MIT time travelers convention. So in 05, MIT grad student Amal Dori organized a convention to try to lure time travelers from across time to meet at MIT MIT's campus. The the convention got plenty of press, including mentions. Today, today show, no time travelers outed themselves at the convention, but Dory notes many time travelers could have attended incognito to avoid endless questions about the future. I mean, come on. I mean, what a brilliant plan. Put a sign up and say, anybody that's a time traveler come here, of course they're going to show up. This guy with the MIT. Uh, next. 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 We're not going to comment on that. We're not going to comment on that. Doesn't even deserve a comment. Number seven. Registered patents for time machines. So, Von Braun. No, I'm just kidding. Um, just because time machines haven't been built yet doesn't stop people from registering their yet-to-be-built ideas with the patent office. You can find patents for a method, uh, method of gravity distortion and time displacement, or a space compression time dilation machine, or even your run-of-the-mill practical time machine using dynamic, efficient virtual and real robots. Those exist. You could check them out on the U U.S. I think it's called USPOS United States Patent. Uh, yeah. Patenter service officer, whatever. I get emails from sometimes. Uh, but that's that's legit. I do get emails from. But anyways, um, you could check that out. You can look up uh, time travelers. Time travelers. Uh, number eight. Ronald Mallet's attempt to save his father. Wow, this is gonna be really heartfelt. Um, these are the legit. What they are calling the legit attempts at time travel. Uh, for Ronald Mallet. Becoming a physicist was really all about his dad. When Mallet was very young, his father died of a heart attack. What made Mallet interested in physics was a single-minded mission to build a time machine so he could go back and save his father. Man, what a, like, uh, I'm going to click this article. Uh, and it's, it's like, let's see. Hmm. Not getting any attempts from this, or not getting much from this. But this is number nine, and of course, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have some respect, and you have to think that this really 
this man ain't lying. So Stephen Hawking's instructions for uh, for building a time machine. So Stephen Hawking used used to avoid talking about his belief in the possibility of time travel for fear of being labeled a crank. These days he's not so shy. He even wrote a piece for the Mail Online stating that all you need for a time time machine is a wormhole, a large uh, hard-drawn collider, or a rocket that goes really, really fast. And that arguably makes sense. Um, and it's really not even, like, that far-fetched an idea. So you gotta, like, they're gonna have to put somebody, like, out in space. You're gonna have to be floating, right? Just out there in space. So this is, like, a death mission, basically. You're basically out there. You're being sent out by a government or, or a private. I mean, we got people going to the bottom of the ocean. Shit. We, Lord knows how many people are flying off in space. Elon Musk doesn't uh, report to anybody. I don't know if y'all didn't know that. That fool don't report to nobody, so he could be sending out anybody in space. He sent that dog from Russia out in space again, even though the S uh, SPAC or whatever uh, the the <laughs> the, uh, the animal rights people they told him not to do it. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean you would be like floating out in space. You'd have to have like like you said a rocket. And the moment you saw a wormhole or something, you better have this collider with you. Uh, yeah, the, the collider or some sort of collider. Boom. Uh, looks like you can move faster than the speed of light, which is really all it takes for time travel. <laughs> it's all it takes is moving at the <laughs> at faster than the speed of light. You can do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Stephen Hawking. That totally makes sense, and we're we're with it here on the Culture Life Universe podcast. We're gonna try that if we ever get the uh, tools. Um, number ten in the final uh, here: time traveling particles of light. We can't yet confirm if humans can go back in time yet, but Martin Ringbein at the University of Queensland can now simulate particles of light traveling through time. Now, this article, okay, is uh, written, let's see here, wow, this is fascinating, okay, um, okay, I'm going to try to. This is this article is IFL Science, IFLScience.com. Um, the this was written man ten years ago too, uh, June twentieth, twenty fourteen. Scientists have simulated time travel with photons. This is written by staff writer Janet Fang. Um, she writes um, that. Uh, time slows down or speeds up depending on how fast you move relative to another object, of course. Um, Einstein's series, uh, theory suggests that the possibility of time traveling backwards in time by following a space-time path that returns to the starting point in space, but, an earlier, but at an earlier time. This is called a closed time-like curve, and the 
this picture is above this uh, so it looks like this y'all or you can see it kind of if you're on the live stream y'all number one uh, the number one out there y'all can see that but if you weren't on the live stream you need to go look at this article it's nuts um, uh, so basically what happens in this picture that you see is a space-time structure exhibiting closed paths in space, so horizontally, so it's like a flat plane in a vertical uh, time up and down. A quantum particle travels through a wormhole back in time and returns to the same location in space and time. Um, the properties of quantum par uh, particles are fuzzy. That's what um, uh, University of Queen. This is Tim Ralph from the, the scientist researching this. Um, However, uh, the study provides insights into where and how nature might behave differently from what our theories predict. So, um, basically, they were able to um, take a photon um, and using that photon, uh, they were able to get it uh, to appear differently on and you could read, um, you could read, you could read, it's so complex, it's so complex, um, yeah, so they can read light, and basically what happens is they, they shine the light, it, it, what it, what it appears, what I'm, what I'm trying to look at, is that the light that you're shining into this like that simulate that's like simulated, it's showing up at a different spot. Like you're you're flashing a light in this like hole, and it's appearing somewhere else. And I guess that's time travel. Right? Because the light should only appear in one spot. It shouldn't appear anywhere else. Wow, my mind is blown. And this is why ding, ding, ding. we talk about universe on the Culture Life Universe podcast. Time travel. It exists. These people um, have done it for particles of light. Um, and IFLScience.com Check out the article by Janet Fang. Scientists have simulated time travel with photons. And it's clear that time travel is a possibility if you can, you got it, move faster than the speed of light. But let's think about this. And I guess this is the ultimate question to wrap up the show. Is in the event that time travel is possible, at what point and and who who ultimately is gonna get the decision on the use of time travel? And let's say that it does become known that you can time travel. Are we prepared for the battle at hand? Because with time travel course, like any movie, any 
change theory and time travel will tell you that if you go back in time and you change something, it's going to affect the future. So we already know that the majority of people that are going to have to time travel, they're going to go in the past because they're humans and ultimately we're dumb and we think that we can change things that have already happened and still have things to be the same today. And that does not, that does not exist. Uh, so they're going to mess things up. And then we're going to have these nut jobs trying to go into the future to try to, like, scheme and stuff. Like, like uh, Biff from Back to the Future, he's going to get that book, The Owl and Owl, and go back in time and make all the sports bets and stuff. So you got people like that. So it's just, like, going to be Fortnite in real life. And I think we're ready because that's what the game's ready for. <laughs> that's what video games are for, to prepare us for the future. Video games and movies. But anyways, uh, yeah, that is the show for today. That was the all-you-can-eat feng shui in time travel show. And I just want to say thanks for tuning in to the Culture Life Universe podcast. My name is Clue. Aaron Keithlaw here on the show. We're here Sunday night streaming. We're going to take a... We got one more week before we take a little uh, Christmas vacay. Uh, we're going to take a couple weeks off. We got Christmas Eve on a Sunday and New Year's Eve on a Sunday. Love y'all, but I am not doing this <laughs> on those days. As much as I love doing this, I love my family more. And I will be doing that on uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. But anyways, thank you for tuning in to Episode 6 of Culture Life Universe Podcast. Live streaming on Twitch on Sunday evenings. Thank you for joining in again. We appreciate you. Uh, we have replay on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, probably pretty soon anywhere you can get your podcast. We're not going to say that yet. So we're just on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and we're going to be doing some clips and stuff, recap season one on YouTube uh, once we're done. But thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. And tune in next week for episode seven topics uh, coming to you live on IG this week. So much love and respect to everybody out there. Again, this is Culture Life Universe Podcast. I'm Clue. And we will talk to y'all later. Peace. Love and you.